0: You're listening to The Profile. Hello and welcome to The Profile podcast. I'm Andy Peck. For the past 17 years, I've been interviewing leaders in the church and the wider culture. In the coming weeks, you'll be hearing the best of these conversations, plus some brand new ones as well. It was leadership expert John Maxwell who famously said, leadership is influence. Some have massive influence through their role as a leader of a church or business, a charity or a family. Others have influence in their neighbourhood, a network of friends or through leisure interests. It's our prayer that these conversations will help you in whatever spheres you have influence. This show is brought to you by Premier Christianity magazine, the UK's leading Christian magazine. Get full online access and the print magazine every month by becoming a subscriber. See special offers available now at premierchristianity.com. There are clear links in the Bible between leadership and creativity. Indeed, many scholars see the mandate given to Adam and Eve to fill the earth and subdue it, as implying that being an image-bearer meant being creative. Many guests on the Leadership Show over the years have created something new in founding a business, a charity or a church. Well, today's guest is also creative, but creative with fabric, having studied at the London School of Fashion after some ups and downs, finally founding Living in Light in 2010. Her name is Bobby Kamari. God has led her to speak into the lives of young people. And so has a Living in Light podcast and has written the book Sacred Sexuality, Rewire Your Desire Towards True Intimacy. She's the founder and convener of the Sexposed Conference. Bobby, welcome to the Leadership Show. Great to have you along.
1: Thank you so much, Andy. Great to be with you.
0: So, do you remember the first time when you thought, "Hang on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna launch Living in Light"?
1: Yes, I do. Um, it came out of probably a season of wanting to do that for the longest time, but not knowing how to. Um, and I remember I was a teacher at the time, and. I was a fashion teacher and so I was seeing all these precious young people, you know, grow in creativity and I was helping them and I was helping them birth their dreams but there were all these dreams and desires inside of me to get back into fashion because that's what I had been doing previously Um, but there were lots of obstacles in the way, lots of mindsets that stopped me from actually stepping out and then eventually I just felt God saying like Bobby, move forward take a step forward look at what's in your hand because I just had this creative block and I just didn't know how to set up living in light I didn't know how to create I didn't know how to do my first fashion collection and so God just said like Bobby what's in your hand and I remember what was in my hand was just this design for some trousers that my best friend had I had some fabric and I had a classroom at school and I had a week off school, and so in that week off, I literally this was it. I decided I am going to start this fashion collection. I created all these pieces. I then um, did a photo shoot, and bam, the first collection for Living in Light was born.
0: Oh, it's a fabulous story. And you mentioned your faith was part of that. Had, had you been a Christian from youth? What was your faith journey?
1: Um, I'd actually become a Christian when I was twelve. Um, I was born in an Indian household, and the religion and my parents used to follow was Hinduism but I actually got saved when I was 12 and by the time I was 16 and started going to the London of fashion I just derailed and I ended up embarking on a very very hedonistic lifestyle lifestyle and leaving Christianity Um, but it wasn't until I was in my mid-20s that I then came back to the Lord because my mum had become a Christian when i had backslidden and i definitely believe some of her prayers were wooing me back into the kingdom and so when i actually got saved in my mid 20s um and i began to seek god like lord what do you want me to do with my life um he led me to be a teacher and then i taught for 6 years before i then launched living in light
0: splendid stuff um so starting something like living in light can lead to to self doubt um you mentioned some kind of mental mindset problems that had l- prevented you. Yeah. When you started launching, when you started the, the kind of momentum of of running something, um, did it feel, oh, yeah, this is what I was born for? Or did it feel a real struggle?
1: Oh, it felt hugely intimidating. Um, I think I was surrounded by so many creatives and that can both be inspiring, but also paralyzing because you're comparing and you know you're feeling like what can I bring to the table does anyone even want my creativity is anyone even going to wear my stuff and so um yeah part of the reason I didn't even know how to first step out um as a designer was all of these thoughts from the enemy you know making me question whether I even had a place in this creative you know realm Um, And then even when I actually launched, um, the thing was, I I was teaching at the time. And although the business, like when I set Living in Light up, I never set it up as a business. I always set it up more as as a gift before the Lord saying that, Lord, you know, you've given me this creativity, like I have to prove faithful with it. I have to do something with it. So It was never a business model. It was always an offering before the Lord. But even with this offering before the Lord, I had so many insecurities because I was like, if I do launch this label, is anyone going to wear it? Is it going to be rubbish? Are people going to think my designs are silly? And, you know, is it going to be innovative or fresh or any of those things? Um, And even when I did actually end up launching, I literally had no sales for the first six months online. Um, I I had friends buying my stuff but in terms of the oh you know I've launched my brand it was so flat you know no sales whatsoever so that in itself like crushes your spirit Mm. because you're like oh my gosh I thought the mountain was actually launching the website and doing the collection and then you realize oh my gosh that's just the beginning you know there's so much more to it and so the first six months were very hard and then I started getting online sales but um, it Around that same time, the Lord spoke to me very clearly and said, you're about to resign your full-time job. And I, at that moment, began to live by faith. And I had been living by faith. I lived by faith from that moment onwards in 2011. Um, And so my whole journey of founding Living in Light, obeying God, you know, building this ministry, all of it has been by faith and all of it has been you know, riddled with insecurities and grapples throughout the whole journey, because that is the whole point. Like when you live by faith, there are going to be so many fears you have to overcome. And the whole 10 year journey has been full of, you know, so many things that I've had to grapple with insecurities, imposter syndrome, you know, Lord, am I even in the right, you know, should I have even pursued fashion, you know, what am I doing now, like, filled, filled with insecurities, but in his love, you just overcome them season by season, year by year, you know, um, victory by victory, you just overcome them.
0: Well, that's wonderfully honest, uh, Bobby. Thank you for, for for sharing that. In terms of uh, where you were based, and um, did you have a church family supporting you? Um, other family members?
1: Yes, family, I. Whatever? The thing is, um, the church family that I was part of for most of my Christian walk, um, I, I'm I'm for a period, I'm actually currently not part of that family. Um, But they will always be my kingdom family. And I was in that church when I first launched Living in Light. And I cannot tell you how supportive they've been. You know, they they were like my first champions. They were the ones that were buying my clothes. They were my models, you know, for my collections. Um, they were the ones that will host events. They're the ones that be promoting my label. My pastors would complete them. My, I mean, my pastor's wife would wear all my stuff. My pastor wow. would sew into my ministry. Um, I've had so much support on this journey from the kingdom of God. Like, I, I just think cho- God's children are very, Um, encouraging and championing and you know they so into you and so I've had so many people so into my life into my ministry I remember um, meeting these two men who literally all that they did was so into people and I had one encounter with them and this was um arranged by my my friend my close friend um and they ended up giving me ten thousand pounds you know wow. like to sow into everything that god had put inside of me so in my experience um the kingdom of god and, and in particular commonwealth church my church family have been incredibly generous even with this sex post conference that i'm about to do in a couple of weeks um people have been very kind and very 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 generous you know I could not have done any of this by myself I needed a community around me and a creative community and a loving community and that's definitely definitely what I have found not to say that the journey cannot at times be lonely because I think that when you're pioneering it is lonely um, but when you have people around you that love you and believe in you um, it it makes it beautiful be- a beautiful journey to go on
0: you mentioned the, uh, the sex conference, which just transitioned nicely into talking about your, your interest in supporting and speaking into the lives of young people uh, and the living in light podcast and the, the book sacred sexuality uh, rewire your desire towards true intimacy. Talk me through how that kind of started and, yeah. and, and perhaps why you had a particular interest in,
1: sure. in, in
0: helping folk. Cause it's a, it's a tough area to get into.
1: Totally. Yeah. Um, I think for a start, that is the world that I came out of. So that's what the Lord delivered me out of, you know, um, a hedonistic lifestyle. I at my at a young age, at from the age of about twelve, thirteen onwards, I was drinking, I was smoking, you know, I became sexually active um from sixteen. Um lots of sexual brokenness and immorality from a very young age. Um, and so that's everything that the Lord kind of delivered me out of. But then he brought me into such a beautiful, beautiful intimacy with him. And that really is what led me to began, to begin ministering Um, in this area and actually the Lord didn't give me permission to start ministering in this area until I truly understood the intimacy that we have with the Lord Um, because I think for so many young people and for so many Christians um, we can sometimes find it difficult to walk in holiness or in or in purity because we we sometimes think that we have to do this in order to be righteous. But in my journey with the Lord, what I have discovered is actually the Lord delivers us from lust, not to bring us into holiness or purity, but to bring us into his love. And it's inside of that love that actually we naturally, as a byproduct, walk in holiness. We naturally walk in purity from that place of intimacy with him. And so I found that out of that journey, then. God gave me permission to begin to minister in this area. And the way that it all started was, again, my wonderful church. Um, I remember going to my pastor and saying, um, you know, pastor, can I can I minister to the young adults um, about sexual purity after church um, once the service is finished? And he was like, Bobby, you're going to do it on a Sunday morning and you're going to do it in the main service. Oh, well. And I was like, what? <laughs> and he was like, yep, if we don't talk about this stuff in church where are we going to talk about it and that was really the launch of it all and that's how this ministry got started and for me personally um although I did when I first became a Christian as a teenager although yes I had a wonderful mentor that helped me um and she discipled me I had a lovely spiritual mother but actually I wish I knew more about what God has got for us I wish I knew that Um, as, as a child and as a teenager I wish I understood that what this world offers us simply cannot rival what God wants to give us and who God has created us to be and designed us to be and actually if we as Christians and if people in the world and if teenagers children truly understood that they've hit the jackpot in God, and that actually everything they could ever desire is so beautifully available in Him, then if they knew that, then they could actually bypass a lot of brokenness, a lot of drama, you know, just trying to fit in and just trying to be like the world and being influenced towards darkness. If they truly understood the beauty and the joy and the power and and fulfillment of actually abiding in Jesus's love, they wouldn't even wanna do what the world is doing. And so I think it's so important that we we teach our young people these things from, from childhood so that they actually realize that the coolest thing they can do as kids is not be like everyone, but be like Jesus, you know? And that brings so much freedom. And so I'm very, very passionate about teaching about biblical sexuality, but not just to adults, but to children and teenagers as well, personally from my own experience. And um, just because I'm around young people, I see the young people that actually um, encounter God at a young age and and truly recognize the beauty of belonging to him. I see the victory that they walk in, in such a young age. And I, I want that for a whole generation. I don't just want that for a few kids. I want that for a whole, I want that to be the norm, the way God designed it, you know?
0: Most churches, youth groups would have a, a sex talk at some point in their year, perhaps. It sounds to me like you're saying that the sex talk, which kind of warns people about stuff and don't do this, don't do that or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and there's obviously some value in all that. But actually, you're saying that there's a there's a walk with God that's part of this and that mm-hmm. that's for adults, young people, children that actually yeah. know it's, it's about knowing God, first mm-hmm. of all, rather than avoiding the the, the less healthy stuff in the world
1: absolutely yes absolutely spot on and and actually even when I first um you know shared that message at my church about sexual purity um even then the Lord still wanted to take me on a journey which you know led me to actually write the book and and it was this journey that so many times as Christians we focus on everything we stand to lose if we give up the world, you know? Oh, I can't have sex outside of marriage anymore. I can't go out, I can't do this, I can't drink, I can't, blah, 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 all of that stuff. And and we focus so much on everything that we stand to lose. But when you actually get a revelation of God's love and what God's word says about sex and, and the fact that sex and sexuality is not something that's standalone. It is found inside of an intimate relationship with God. Like the purpose of sex is to actually, um, you know, symbolize the relationship that Jesus has with his bride. And this isn't something that should be taboo. This isn't something that, you know, should be a talk that we save for like once a year, as you have said, it should be the very foundation of a covenant that we enjoy with God. And so when I went on this journey, um, after I preached this first message about sexuality, and I really went into the word to be like, okay, God, when someone leaves the world behind and they leave sex behind the way that they've known it, or they leave you know, the narratives around sexuality that this world presents, what does the Bible actually offer us? And I was blown away, blown away when I actually discovered that walking in purity is, is not about what you leave behind. Walking in purity is about everything we stand to gain everything we stand to gain, you know? And really now I have come to discover that the greatest motivator um, that can lead people towards God when it comes to their um, sexuality and it comes to their identity is because what God has for us is, is the best. It's absolutely the best. Anything we ever give up will be peanuts compared to what we stand to gain. Um, as those that have been intimately wired for connection with God, you know, we honestly have hit the jackpot in Jesus, you know, and sex and intimacy and sexuality, all of that is very much rooted in that. And so sharing that as a lifestyle and sharing that as the foundation for your faith means that sex and having these sex talks and talking about relationships, they're not something you do as a one-off. They are, you know, part and parcel of your identity in Christ and your stewardship of this wonderful, beautiful body that he gave his life for and, and your desire to preserve and honor your body because it's so holy before God. But then at the same time, it's your desire to have the, best um sex that god wants for you to have the best union that god has for you in marriage and then you you know from free will say oh i'm not going to jeopardize that i'm not going to jeopardize what god's got for me so it's all rather than a set of rules and you know ticking that box and having that chat it's actually um it's us reciprocating the love that he has for us and what he's done for us It's us reciprocating you know, from that place of gratitude with our body, with our heart, with our affection, with our desire, and actually just responding um, with our lives uh, to what he has done for us.
0: Bobby, you didn't uh, stop at just writing a book. Of course, you've um, launched this uh, conference called Sex Um Talk me through the challenges of putting that together and uh, what you're hoping to accomplish through it.
1: Yeah. I mean, to be quite honest, it was very challenging. Um because I actually was going to run it in October Um, and it felt very difficult. It felt very lonely. Um, I just wept. I cried a lot, you know, initially when I launched it and I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this conference. um, I was just, I could really feel the Lord on it. But the closer I got to October, I I literally, I would not stop crying. I could not feel the Lord on it anymore. Um, And I was scared because I was like, how am I going to go ahead and do this? Like, Lord, I don't even know how to do this. Um, and then this precious man from Christian Concern, Steve Bigu, he's wonderful. Um, he just said to me, he didn't even know what I was grappling with, but he literally just said, Bobby, would you consider rescheduling this, um, you know, until the spring? And initially when he said that, I was like, oh my gosh, how can I do that? But then I felt so much peace and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to reschedule. I'm going to reschedule. And then when I then rescheduled, I just felt the peace of God. And this time round... Um, organizing it has been an absolute joy, you know, such a joy. And um, although sexuality and 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 the approach that I'm taking, because I'm not taking, you know, a wishy-washy approach, I'm not taking like a nicey-nicey approach, like I really, we are going after exposing the lies that the enemy has, you know, really just paralyzed this generation with and we're going to uproot them and we're going to really, you know, like... Um, give god permission to to take his truth and pierce it into our hearts so that we can rise up we can be salt and light we can boldly proclaim the truth of jesus in every single sphere of society and um because i'm coming from that approach you know a lot of people um aren't necessarily running this race with me um you know because people have all kinds of reasons but i think the bottom line is is that um not you know it's a minority right now that are really standing in the kind of position that I'm standing in and so the response has been in some ways um you know it's not a popular conference let's say you know but but the but the small amount that are running with me they bring me so much joy you know those that are saying yes to this those that are signing up those that are sewing into it those that are volunteering those that are you know, praying for me and praying for this gathering, those that are ministering, like all these ones, they bring me so much joy because though our number is small, but we know that we are doing something so significant for the glory of God. And so it's been such a joy to go on this journey, you know, while I'm organizing sex pose, I'm really, really excited about what God's going to do. And I know it's going to be monumental, um, you know, in this, in this moment in time in history.
0: Bobby, is there a, um, a kind of next few years future for you? Have you got particular plans looking forward? Are you, Waiting on God at the moment for what the next stage wow, might be
1: wow. um, yeah, just waiting on God, really, you know, I know that there's a few books that he's laid on my heart to do, another podcast series, you know i th- I think my heart really, if you ask me what is this next season about and and possibly the rest of my life about um I would probably say discipleship, you know, because I think that you know we are in revival and many 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 are going to come to know the lord um but unless we see reformation what god wants to do will not remain you know and i believe that you know so many so many are coming into the kingdom but if if there if we are not there to disciple them if we are not there to nurture them then potentially what god wants to do could be sabotaged and so my heart i would say for now onwards really is to disciple those that are coming into the kingdom those that are already in in the kingdom um really to to see the bride of christ prepared for his return um, and for all of us occupying until he comes and really being salt and light. And that takes discipleship. So that I would say is really my my main goal.
0: Fabulous. Well, as we uh, as we close, we're just a, a reminder that um, the book, Sacred Sexuality, Rewire Your Desire Towards True Intimacy. Yeah. Who publishes it? How can people get a copy?
1: Well, the best and the cheapest option, Andy, is to buy the book from my website, which is livinginlight.co.uk. Um, and then you can find not just the book there, but but Sexposed and, and um, you know, everything to do with my ministry is on that website.
0: And the Sexposed conference is near Clapham Junction train yes. station?
1: Yes. Yeah. From the 30th of uh, March to the 1st of April, two minutes away from Clapham Junction. Really fantastic venue um that I would love to see as many of you there as possible
0: wonderful well Bobby it's been super to chat with you thank you for your heart for the kingdom and for young people particularly in this particular area so um you know may the Lord continue to bless and use you in all the different avenues that he has
1: thank you for um yeah for inviting me on Andy thank you
0: that was my conversation with Bobby Kumari K-U-M-A-R-I. I thought it was lovely the way she linked sexuality with our life with God. And Maybe we have put holiness in a separate silo to sexuality in our minds. When, as she said, God brings them together. Marriage is, after all, a symbol of Christ and the church. And so too often talk of these things, talk about what we're against rather than what we're for, namely intimacy with God and with each other. It's been my joy to have your company. Do check out the website for more content. And in the meantime, I look forward to seeing you next week. Bye for now. You've been listening to The Profile in association with Premier Christianity magazine.